Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller in the Room podcast. Today we've got a really good episode. I'm excited about it. I've uh, been thinking about this subject matter for, you know, uh, weeks, months, and I've obviously changed opinions back and forth, but now I, I think I've got a good handle on it. I want to talk about conversion mainly, but something's actually unique about today, the day that I'm recording. This will not be the day that you're listening to it, but today is prime day. You never asked for my opinion on Prime Day, but like that's going to stop me. Well, it's amazing to see the Prime Day effect. Sales double. Sales on products that have no connection to Prime Day double. This leads me to believe that on top of amazing deals and offline advertising, um, Amazon still doubles their spend on digital advertising. I think that's because... um, I mean, I've seen like, uh, let's see, New York Times, you know, they'll take out a page. You'll see Amazon is, does a lot of traditional advertising, but that to me, that doesn't explain why long tail products get double uh, the sales. That's just because they have effectively brought so many people onto the platform. I also, this is, a, this is just my opinion. I think that they increase their Google ad spend. Amazon is actually Google's number one customer and... Uh, I think they're, they increase their pay-per-click, they increase their budgets just to get people on the platform. They just want shoppers because they see Prime Day as a tool to get first-time Prime subscribers. That is where the, that has always been the main motivation of Prime Day. And that is where, why it is, has succeeded and why it's, a, it's genius because it gets people to make that first jump to become prime subscribers for the first time because I mean if you look at their reports, I believe their average customer is probably like a it's about twenty about two two hundred dollars a year in uh, purchasing and a prime customer does about thirteen hundred dollars. It's amazing how much uh, just investing in prime di- uh, prime membership increases uh, your likelihood of being a super valuable customer to them. You know, because we always want to justify, you know, once we have free shipping, we're like, well, I'm just going to buy every small thing. I'm going to start buying my toothpaste on Amazon, which I've done. But what's funny about uh, Prime Day is to me, it starts to feel a little bit like election day. How do you feel on election day? I, one of my first thoughts is like, finally, it's over. We get to talk about something else. I feel like the last two months, I've probably had about 20 different messages or like, uh, you know, advertisers or people that want to tell me the secrets of unlocking uh, Prime Day. Every service provider has their take on it. I have a secret. What's my secret? To do nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, we, this is maybe our fifth one. And, you know, I've tried to like put together some deals and uh, find some way that we can maximize, you know, this increased attention. There's every reason to do those deals. If you have the margin and you have, uh, and you really want your product to make a splash and you think that your, uh, your product specifically is prone to impulse buys, you know, like something that like if people see it, they're like, Oh, I could give that as a gift to someone. And like, this is the best deal I've ever seen for that. Those are the types of things that, you know, you could leverage on prime day. We have those types of products, but just haven't been able to figure out how to leverage that with the margin hit you have to take. You have to, I mean, Amazon, after they learned after their first year of mistakes where, you know, it was kind of viral, the types of, uh, of 
mistakes they made where they were advertising some products at a price and then only like, you know, three weeks prior, uh, it was at that same price. And so there was a lot of uh, fails that they did because of that. And, and we don't have like margins to like really deep dig into it. You know, we work off of 15 to 20% margins a lot of the time. I think to do prime day, right. You need a 40% margin. So you can uh, do, yeah, I think they require at minimum 35% margin for the, their lightning deals. Um, and if you have that margin, do it, but we don't. And so we just enjoy, you know, this about double the amount of sales because of the attention other people bring to Amazon on prime day. And there are a lot of people that, um, I pay attention to, um, one of them that he's going nuts about, uh, prime day, his name is Amazon eight figure seller. I just follow him on Instagram and he, he, he's doing it right in terms of how you leverage a single product to use prime day to launch to something new. So I actually hope to, uh, talk to him more about that. And so I can give you guys some more information on how, you know, some amazing private label sellers can leverage uh, Prime Day. Well, the subject I'm going to cover today is actually not about Prime Day, but it's conversion. So there are three basics to marketing on Amazon, as I've explained a few times. Uh, One, discoverability of a product. Two, it's click-through. And three, conversion. Conversion I was talking to an Amazon employee and, and after and going through, he's the one that actually told me these three things. And at the end, he said that conversion is the most important of them all. And, and so I've spent a lot of time thinking about like, why is conversion the most important um, regarding your product page on Amazon is primarily because it boosts the first two. It boosts them in really organic ways where you don't have to like pay for more discoverability, you don't have to pay for uh, advertising because you're going to start get, getting organic clicks. You're going to start getting organic placement. And that's because you have great conversion. I mean, you, you need to really play the SEO game and, and conversion fuels all the signals that Amazon search algorithm is looking for. When you, they type a keyword, they say uh, you type in the keyword uh, uh, water bottle or uh, microphone or a uh, microphone for podcasts and Amazon, what they're doing right there is they're showing you the results that they think are going to return them the most money. They're returning the results that are going to convert and they test conversion, but based essentially just off of like, if someone clicks on that keyword, if you click on microphone for podcasts and you jump on to that product page, they know if you're going to convert or not. And so that's in turn going to uh, be a feedback loop into their algorithm. And so it's kind of clear right there, like how important conversion is. If you pay for advertising, you could pay, you know, a thousand dollars and get a lot of eyeballs and even a lot of clicks. But if something on your page is steering customers away, you're actually hurting yourself because you're telling the algorithm, I don't convert on these keywords and it knows it. It's got data to prove it. And so you will start to organically be pushed towards the end. 
obviously the algorithm changes dynamically. And so there, while you can study, you know, specifically what, is, you know, what conversion rate is, is the best. There's no real way of really knowing because, uh, you know, they, they are changing it frequently and it's just, uh, it's their secret sauce. It's like, they don't tell you how you get the buy box. You just get it or you don't. And while you can, uh, reverse engineer it, they will change it on you. And what's I mean, like to me, conversion is so important because it makes your other investments pay off a lot better, such as, uh, you know, your sponsored products. If you have a high conversion rate, all of a sudden, you know, instead of two out of 10 of your clicks are converting, you have three or four or five. And so the, the amount of money that you just spent just worked a little bit better. I used to throw my hands in the air and feel like I couldn't really do much to increase conversion. It just felt like too much work or too much of like a, 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 a pseudoscience, not as, I mean like a, too much of a, like a artistic thing where, you know, there's no right or wrong way. I kind of work with numbers and spreadsheets and, and so I actually didn't do a lot in, in our business to help us, uh, understand conversion and how we can improve that along our products. And so I just kept spending my time, you know, just automating more things here and there and, and, you know, trying to get different numbers into our systems. But I think that was kind of a mistake. It's kind of a common, common foil that I run into, you know, uh, everyone's got a personality of how they like to work. And, you know, if, you don't have creativity, you will, or you don't have something pressing, you will always go back to what you're comfortable with. And so that was probably my problem of not recognizing um, that if I would have spent time in this, it would have made all my other things uh, pay off a lot better. So there are tools that you can measure, you know, conversion. You can do A-B testing on pricing or on wording. And I bet you those can give you real insights of this and that. But I think actually your mind, if you put yourself in the mind of the customer, you'll actually go a lot further because I'm going to presume if you sell on Amazon, you probably buy on Amazon. And so you probably know the motions that a customer is going through in determining whether to buy your product or not. And so I have a list of a let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six things that I think are probably the primary reasons for me converting a product. And I will venture to say others are converting on these same things as well. So first one is your primary image. You know, this is, uh, this is the, the thing that everyone sees first. The second is the group of secondary images. The third is the number of reviews and then the star rating of those reviews. Number five is the text of those reviews. And six, your, your price compared to your competitors. If you were able to manipulate, you know, all six of those into a positive direction, I, I know your conversion will go up, you know, from 25% to 35, 40, 55, any number uh, of percentage points if you can work on every one of those. So 
I want to peel into them a little bit. There are, like, this is not an exhaustive list. There are other things that affect conversion, but I think these are the main ones. Not all customers are like me. And so I'm sure there, the, there are additional spots such as enhanced brand content or, um, you know, the text, the description and the bullet points and, you know, the, a lot of the specs, whether it's compatible with this or that or that or the sizing guides, those things will influence it. But I tend to think that if you, uh, I, that for 80 to 90% of the customers, especially those with mobile phones that are buying on Amazon from their mobile phones, these are the, these are the first things they're going to see. And these are the, the, the primary things that uh, will make someone immediately convert. And you should do this exercise regularly. You should put yourself in the mind of the customer. Why? Do, think about what you just bought. If you bought it on your desktop or on your phone and think about that experience, why did you buy it? On my phone, I fly through this decision process really fast, increasingly fast. Sometimes like all it is is the image and the reviews done. I don't even think about the price. I don't even think about uh, reading those reviews. I've just, I'm relying off of, uh, other people and like their star ratings. And then also, you know, Amazon's badges. I didn't put that in the list because you actually don't control those. You don't control, you know, if you're uh, a bestseller or Amazon's choice and those are supremely important, but since you don't control it, let's just move on. You will actually get it sometimes and that will only help you. So the primary image you need to signal the quality of your product in one image. You also need to signal exactly what this product is and what it is not. Here's a, a great example that I came across with just a, a week or two ago is that we had this notebook for sale. It had this waffle shaped cover design. It's kind of like a, a, a notebook for kids. And these waffle coverings also could pop out and they became like little toy things. And... I'll tell you one thing. We could not, I could not determine what it actually was. And I sell this product. I couldn't even tell you what this notebook was and was not. And especially, and like the images didn't even help me. I would have to like read the description. And so for the type of customer that makes split decisions, you have to, you have to make sure that the primary image is, is telling that message of what, helps a product convert. So we took it to the, to the, uh, to the drawing board and, um, we wanted to show that like this product is like, we wanted to show the, the, the different components of it in one image, that it's a toy that has a funny waffle design and that it's a notebook. So there were three different components on this image and they showed that. And so as someone's scrolling through, they know what it is. They know it's a notebook. They know it's a toy. They know that it has this like funny little design that will increase, you know, that like a kid would like. And, and so I, I think I like those types of images. The ones that the primary image will show more than one angle and it will obviously have good resolution and like, and this is where you want to bring out the best qualities of your product. If there's anywhere to stress in terms of like artistic uh, skill it's right here in the, in the primary image. This is where 
you know, you have most of people's attention. They're not even looking at the titles. They're looking at the image and they're trying to see, is this going to solve my problem? And if so, they're ready to buy it right like that. I like to, uh, I like to show like multiple angles and, but you have to be careful, like not to confuse the customer on what they think they're going to get. Now, moving on to the secondary group of images, um, while they're important, they're not nearly as important. They should already know what the product is, but here's a chance for you to show more of what it is, seeing it in use. And I'm here to, you'll start to see it some of the top sellers on Amazon will start to use text. They'll start to use little badges here. I like in the grocery category when they show the, the, the labels such as like what the ingredients are. And while I think there are some, there's some guidelines regarding like what text you can and cannot put on an image, you will see that it gets abused quite a bit. And so you may try and push your luck here, but there's a chance that it gets it gets taken down, especially if you have a, a competitor that's um, quick to point things out. You know, if your product was like, say, on Food Network, or if it was on some publication, you'll see a lot of badges here uh, on these uh, images. Or if it's gluten-free or uh, compliant with some technical feature, or it, it works well with the iPhone or this or that, you, this is where you'll start to see a lot of, uh, you know, where it's being used with secondary products because but you don't want to confuse them that like this is a bundle with those products or um, let's see, then you'll see a lot of lifestyle images on apparel. You'll see just the, just all the angles and you seeing it in use. So the customer knows exactly what they're getting because I mean, as uh, that expression goes, a picture says a thousand words and you know, that's only been expanded with, our day and age, you know, people don't read the text nearly as much as, as we just look at an image and we make decisions off of a single image so much. We, I mean, think of Instagram, you know, we are so trained to make decisions and be entertained or be informed on an image in just flying through it. So your customers are doing the same thing with images. Now these last few, you may not have, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, quickly go through them because maybe you don't have as much control or I actually think I'm going to parse it out into another episode. Um, so the number of reviews and the text of those reviews, I know as myself, as a customer, that is uh, something that I look at. I probably, if I do have a question about a product, I will look, sometimes I'll even do a control find if I'm on a, a desktop onto like a specific keyword on a, on a review because I want to see how someone's used it in the way that I want to use it. And, and sometimes I only look at the top two reviews. I just like read them real quick. If someone had a negative review, I read why they didn't like it. And then I move on and whether or not I'm going to be using it in the same way that they did. And so you can't discount the power of, you know, them influencing to convert and to do the opposite of pushing people away from your product. And the, the, the truth is, is like you should be able to control this a little bit more. I, we had a product that was, turns out it was getting damaged a lot. It was glass. It was a grocery product and, um, great reviews from everyone that got the product in good condition. But I would say about 15 to 20% of those ones, uh, of those reviews ended up being one to two star reviews because it came damaged. And so you're shooting yourself in the foot if you, 
you know, one side of your business isn't taking in everything into, into consideration, sorry, um, whether it passes the drop test or if it has a good shelf life, some products, you know, they kind of drain by being on the shelf for three to six months, you know, the, whether the fluid changes colors, I've seen that it's, it's amazing, you know, what things you don't consider end up affecting your reviews and not only, and, but specifically the quality of those reviews. For me as a customer, it does matter whether a product has a 3.5 star review, a four point, a four star review, or a 4.5. If you're choosing between two equal products, I know that I just, I see that 4.5 and I go for it. So I think if you're able to get one hurdle over your competitors, then you're doing really well. Sometimes a product type is prone to bad reviews. And so you only need to do better than your competitors. If everyone's getting 3.5 reviews, if you get four, you're above everyone else and you're the signal of quality. So then, then finally on uh, price, there's no doubt that it's important, but something, some funny things can happen with price because you can actually see a price that goes up and conversion can go up. Because it prices sometimes a signal of quality. You know, it's like the anti-Walmart. If you have a $9.99 tool and you have a chance of spending a night and double that, $19.99, everyone that you talk to will think that $19.99 is probably better quality because they have spent more money on inspections. They have spent more money in quality material. And so you should consider that uh you know, price, you can price down and you can price up. And obviously you want to price up. And I know, I know some people that have their, their entire, uh, uh, private label strategy is to not even be the cheapest in town. It's to be, uh, the premier option. And because w- with that extra margin, they are able to invest in their product and be the premier option to be that expensive tool that while maybe it does slightly less in volume, it does more in, in sales and better reviews because it's just a better product. People want problems solved immediately, but that's, that's kind of this gratification age. And that's why like people buy on cell phones is because they want to solve that problem right then, right there. That's why we moved to one day shipping. And so those are just some of the ideas that I think about when I'm considering uh, conversion. Now there are more things, you know, uh, like, yes, the title does matter. It, if it says, you know, if it's a product that's compatible with the iPhone and it says in the title compatible with iPhone, sure, that will influence it. And so don't uh, think that these are the only things that you could do, but this is a, uh, uh, it actually gets kind of fun when you, I, I enjoy this when I, when I really, I just think about when I jump into the mindset of the customer and I kind of step away from uh, measuring, you know, A-B testing. But if I, but if I really think of like why I've bought some things and why I haven't and using that to influence how I want a product to look. So, well, that's, uh, that's, those are my thoughts on conversion. I will dive in, in future episodes into some of these things even more. And I would love to hear actually people's feedback on this. This is something that I am actively learning on. And if you have interesting A-B testing results that you've done, please share with me and I'll, uh, I'll continue to, 
to learn and, uh, and share with others. So if, um, and, uh, thanks for listening. And if you, uh, like this episode or any others, just sh- share them with someone else. And, um, we can keep the ball rolling of, uh, getting th- this collection of Amazon knowledge that helps us take over the world. Because, you know, sometimes when you have a, when you have a really good day on Amazon, you, you do get that confidence boost. You feel like you're going to take over the world. And so carry on. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.